Hi, Cass. Hey. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you doing this morning? I'm fantastic. I got my coffee in hand. Um, I had a good sleep. I feel rejuvenated, and I'm I'm good to go today. And thank you so much for joining us on Shatter the Glass today. Yeah, I'm actually I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm also very excited because I could talk about social media for hours and hours. <laughs> that's good. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. That's your area of expertise, and that's why we had you on. And if you weren't nervous, you wouldn't be human. So I'm glad that we're mutually nervous right now. <laughs> Perfect. I love a nervous <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, you and I have some history here because we we went to the same program at McEwen. We both took communications. And um, yes. I, I think it would be awesome to start things off today if you could just tell people a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay, so a little bit about me. I grew up on an acreage. Um, basically, we had chickens and animals and really bad Wi-Fi, which is why I moved to town <laughs> um, <laughs> last year. I teach dance in my spare time. I love to read. I am a, basically a creative person and I really liked writing, which is kind of what led me to communications at school. Um, so basically the reason why I picked communications over marketing, which is always a question I get asked, is because of math, <laughs> just straight up math. Um, I am not good with numbers. I don't understand numbers. That is not my strong suit. So I was trying to find a way to work around to get into advertising without having to do the math. And that's how I found communications. So basically I have my degree in professional communications and I've started doing social media my third year into university. Um, I started as my placement and then I've been doing it ever since. That's cool. I'm glad you mentioned the math thing because math was not my strong suit whatsoever. And, um, yeah, when those technical things aren't really your style, you, you tend to gravitate towards um, creativity. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that's something we both share. I think that's something a lot of us share when we go to that program. A lot There's a lot of creative people in our program, and it's really cool to see how it evolved for all of us. And it's really cool to see just like how my creativity is different from your creativity. Like the way we would see something is two completely different ways, and that's why I like working in collaboration with clients and all that stuff too is because what their ideas are different than mine and I just think that's cool yeah absolutely well said so Cass how did you start your business pop social so it's it starts sad but it gets better <laughs> <laughs> so I graduated March 2020 which was the start of the pandemic when everything started to shut down so obviously there was no jobs and I was fresh out of university with like not much experience other than my placement. So it was a struggle for a while to try to find any kind of communication job. And eventually what ended up happening is because I had my placement in social media, my mom's friend, who's a real estate agent, she kind of took me under her wing and was like, sure, I'll, I'll pay you. We'll see how it goes. Good luck. <laughs> and so because she took a chance on me, I had then expanded to her real estate team and then I got referrals and then that's kind of how it kind of started. That's really awesome. Uh, I know that when you start something on your own, it can be very scary, but it really helps, especially in this day and age to have connections. You know, yes. I know people don't want to think of uh, things like nepotism or just having everything handed to you. But I mean, that, that really is 
the best way to go about it. It's all about who you know. It really is. And so it pays to be nice to everyone, first of all. And it's okay to talk about like your passions and your interests because that's how she found out I was doing social media. Because other than that, if you don't tell people what you're doing, they can't read your mind, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the best way to market yourself is to talk about what you're doing. And then from there, she was like, I hate doing my own social media. So that's kind of how it started. (laughs) And I think for some people too, the hardest thing to do is to ask for help because you want to feel like you can do everything yourself. But the moment you open those doors up, a whole new world opens up and you start meeting all these awesome people who you can help and they help you. It's a reciprocal relationship and it's always good to maintain. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Connections are a big thing, especially in the marketing industry and even like real estate, all those ones where it's kind of service-based connections are everything. Mm -hmm. So what was your biggest takeaway from your educational experience at McEwen University? This is a good question. So obviously I took like the technical skills, like writing, grammar, you know, that kind of thing. I did a little bit of video editing, which I think helped. Um, But I think my biggest takeaway was like you were saying the connections, like just working with some of the people, like even this, like this is pretty cool. I would have never been able to do this without going to McEwen. Um, And basically just to question things and research and, you know, kind of figure it out on your own is kind of what I learned from from doing like homework assignments and projects and stuff. So I think the biggest takeaway is just to be like, okay, what's your take on things? What's your point of view? And then how to like communicate that to the outside. Interesting. Yeah. Communication is key, especially today. Mm -hmm. I've referred to this many times in my podcast, but, um, how you convey yourself, how you portray yourself uh, is really key, both visually and verbally, mm-hmm. for people to understand you and to also convey a message that you really want out there that's going to impact people. And I'm glad that we were able to explore that in our degree. And the other thing that I think I really took away, just because like everyone complains about communication, like, oh, there's no communication, there's bad communication, you didn't tell me this, blah, blah, blah. But basically... Cutting through the noise, I found, is very effective, too, where it's like, okay, we misunderstood something, let's backtrack, and just working that way, especially with client-wise, I found that super helpful. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I'm sure you got asked this question many times. So what is a communications degree? <laughs> and and you, ha- you had to somehow explain that to people because there's just so many avenues. There's, there's public relations, there's marketing aspects to it. There's all kinds of technical writing that goes into it. Um, yeah. It's quite a intricate system of a degree. And it's also so valuable, especially things that I'm learning on the job. Companies need that. And, and when you see some people who aren't as versed in that particular area, you really do see the need for a good communicator. You really do, especially now when things are on social media and they happen so fast, you need someone that's able to respond to it quickly and in the right way. <laughs> that's very important. Yeah, there's a lot of psychology behind it, isn't there? Yeah, and especially in marketing too. Marketing's all psychology also. Mm-hmm. So... I see you online and you have many skills. I'm the same way. I like to dabble in a little bit of things here and there. Um, A jack of all trades, if you will. Is there a lot of value in that? Or is it technically better to be a master of one skill? 
would say to start out with, I would focus on one thing at a time. Like I wouldn't try to scramble to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything. I need to know everything right now. I would focus on getting specific about the skills you want and then zero in on that. So for example, video editing was not one of my strong skills. So I had to focus on it and learn about it. So I always get hyper fixated on things. So that was one of the things I was really focused on for a while was watching YouTube videos, watching how to do transitions and just like finding apps that could help me out. So I think it's important to focus one at a time just so you don't drive yourself crazy, but there's nothing wrong with having multiple skill sets. I think it will always come in handy. Yeah, I agree. It's good to have a couple of weapons in your arsenal because that's where the value is. You don't limit yourself. Well, and you have a lot to offer too, is what you have to think of also. Lots of people are like, I'm only good at one thing. And it's like, actually, if you step outside of yourself, you're good at a lot of things. And it circles back too to helping others. So if there is something um, that some client asks you about and you are unfortunately are not as masterful in that skill, but you can refer to someone who is. So it's mm -hmm. it's kind of paying it forward in a way as well. Yeah, and it's kind of circling back to asking for help. That's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned as a business owner is I can't do everything. I'm not good at everything. Um, and just acknowledging that I feel like is a good first step <laughs> to getting help is like, okay, I can't do this. Um, like, for example, I can't do my own taxes. Like I said, I'm not a math person. No one teaches you how to do those things. So I hired someone to do my taxes. Like just little things like that. Like it really helps you out in the long run. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I think it goes back to just leaving it to the experts, whatever that may be. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, we're going to transition a little bit here to something that you're probably going to get really excited about because social media is your domain. Have you figured out those pesky algorithms? I always find this so funny because everyone is so obsessed with pleasing the algorithm, um, which I understand. It definitely helps. Um, to know a background of the algorithm just so you know like how the what the best option is I guess to to get your stuff out but the algorithm is always going to change the only person that knows the algorithm is the person that made it <laughs> and the thing you should be focusing on is your audience over the algorithm so the reason I say that is because the algorithm is not the one interacting with your content it's it's your audience right so as much as you can like try to, everyone always says beat the algorithm, I think it's better to try to know your audience and cater to them and obviously do a little bit to please the algorithm. But like, like I said, you're never going to fully know it and it's better to have your audience happy than it is to have the algorithm happy. So be that as it may stick to your demographic and your target audience, hundred yeah. percent true. Is it slightly rigged? Would you say? against against the average content creator when it comes to algorithm? I don't think so. I think everyone starts at a level like playing field. I don't think anyone knows like, oh, Justin Bieber, we're going to spike his account. And I don't think like the algorithm is smart, but it's not that smart to realize, oh, this is a celebrity unless someone tells it it's a celebrity. You know what I mean? So the algorithm's not there to hurt you or harm you in any way. It's actually there to help you and grow your account. It's just... Part of it's luck too. I know everyone hates hearing that, but there is some luck involved. Like if everyone could go viral, they would. 
but not everyone has for a reason. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a chess game, hey? You got to figure out the pieces and and find a way to win the game. Yeah, all you can do is is try to optimize the best you can, but remember to please the person, not the robot, and, you know, just be yourself. Yeah, well, that's one thing I get tired of, especially these days, is bots. Oh, my goodness. Every, I, <laughs> every single post, there's always, hey, I love your work, DM us. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's super annoying. So, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is if you write for bots or you play to bots, you're going to get more. So if you write for humans, you're going to get more humans than bots. That's another thing, too. That's a really good point. I never really thought of that. I just thought it was one of those things that you ignore, but it's probably best to to deal with that and navigate that. <laughs> yeah, like I always find I write blogs also. So when I'm writing, it's like to please SEO, I have to write for the robot, but no one likes reading the same word 50 times. I know like SEO likes that, but I don't think my audience likes that. So it's like a fine balance of writing for people versus robots. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up SEO. Um, that This wasn't in the cards to talk about today, but you brought it up already and that's why I love talking freely. Um, spontaneity. Can you tell us a little bit, a bit about, about SEO and how you would deploy that into your website and use that as a tool for your business? Yeah, so basically the simple version of SEO is it's search engine optimization. Basically what that is, is you know when you type in keywords into Google and then you get uh, options that pop up? SEO is basically those keywords that you put into the Google into the Google, into the Google. <laughs> into Google. <laughs> like an old lady, um, <laughs> that you put into Google that brings up your options. So uh, the way to do it is to think about keywords that you would search into Google to find your business, if that makes sense. So for me, it would be uh, social media manager Edmonton, for example. Then I would take that phrase and try to use it in different areas of my website so that when I type it in, there's more of a chance for Google to recognize it in your website and pull it up as an option. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You're just finding a way to get to the top of the batting order, essentially. Yes. Um, so that's kind of how you would use it for your website. But now you're actually able to use it more with Instagram. They're trying to be more of an SEO tool. So right now we have hashtags. That's kind of how SEO would work. Um, for Instagram, so you would search in social media manager and you'd see all these accounts and posts that pop up. That's SEO basically. Now what you can do is you can put those keywords, instead of using the hashtag, you can put it in your caption and write for the human, but make sure you use the robot words. <laughs> and then that's kind of how your post will pop up now is using those keywords in your caption, in the text, even on your reels. That's kind of how SEO works for social media. Yeah, and that would work best too, uh, especially if you have a specific niche because pe yes. people have very specific taste, very specific needs. And when they type that into Google and it pops up, it, it's right there. And it's so advantageous, ad advantageous, advantageous for any business to be a part of that. It is, but uh, the thing is you don't want to be too specific with your keywords. Like you don't want to put in like, long girl that does social media you know what i mean like you want to at least make it a little bit general that you can like someone can actually find you like social media edmonton that edmonton part is crucial because it's specific but it's also like not too broad where it's like uh no one can find me 
you know? Mm -hmm. So you're obviously familiar with trends and the, the changing social media content. It's ever changing. Um, what responds best for each platform? There's a, there's a huge visual aspect that people are craving these days. Short visuals. Yes. So mainly all the platforms right now are competing with each other. That's how you have to think of it. So they're all businesses at the end of the day. So TikTok's competing with Instagram and Facebook because they're owned by the same company. YouTube's competing with all the other ones. So each for a while there, each platform had its own type. Now I would say short form video and long form video only on YouTube is kind of the way to go. Um, you can film up to 90 seconds now, I think, on Reels. But I would even, like, people's attention spans are so short. Like, think about your own habits. Like, how often do you watch a 90-second video all the way through? So it's kind of like thinking about your audience's habits and kind of catering to that, if that makes sense. So short-form video is the way to go for most uh, platforms right now just because they're all competing with each other. Instagram wants to be TikTok because of short-form videos. YouTube now has short-form videos, so everyone's kind of jumping on the video train. Very cool. So circling back to your process as a business owner, do you appreciate that luxury of working kind of whenever, wherever, not necessarily whenever, because if there's stuff to get done, you got to get it done, right? But uh, you, you, I've seen your pictures. You like to go to coffee shops and whatnot. Um, do you enjoy that process? And what's your favorite coffee shop? Yeah, I, that's probably one of the biggest benefits of my job. I'm kind of a gypsy. I like to move around. I don't like to be in the same place for very long. So that's one of the biggest uh, benefits for me anyways, for being a social media manager. Also, if I'm at home all the time, it gets lonely. It gets uh, like, there's no one else here. I live by myself. So just to get out into a coffee shop, it's like a new environment and lots of people work at coffee shops so it's kind of like a nice mini office where everyone's doing their thing um and it just helps me focus more to get out of my apartment versus like being stuck here and working all the time um and then i guess for favorites i there's actually ooh, this is fun so there is an edmonton coffee pass that you can get and it's all local coffee shops so basically it's like you buy the pass for the summer and it gives you like, I don't know, 30 coffee shops that you can go and visit and you get a free coffee at each one with the little pass. Oh, that's so, really cool. Yeah, that's something I'm going to be doing this summer. So I don't have a favorite yet, but I'm going to be exploring a whole bunch this summer. Very cool. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really cool to change up your workspace once in a while, especially when you're working. It's all about the atmosphere, right? I know just working at home in particular once in a while I get distracted very easy and it gets kind of boring looking at the same walls. It's good to change up your setting a little bit and refresh your mind, refresh your body so that you can be at your best when you're working. And something else too is like, I like to work outside right now because I never got to in an office job. I was always like stuck in a cubicle. So like just being outside, like it just elevates your mood. I'm more creative. I can find inspiration when I'm out. So I really like working outside of an office space for sure. That's awesome. So how do you discipline yourself then to get this work done? <laughs> That's not very well. <laughs> um, I'm not very uh, disciplined yet. It's something I'm working on. So what I've been doing is I make a lot of lists. I have lists everywhere. Um, I've been using a lot of uh, productivity apps just to like 
set my time and plan out my perfect day is kind of what it's called. So basically a perfect day is you map out um, what your perfect day would be. So 7 a.m. I would read my emails. 8 a.m. I start doing content for this client, like that kind of thing. So I kind of map out what my perfect day would be. And I try to follow it as much as possible. Obviously things come up, and but at least having that structure kind of helps me focus a little bit. Cool. So Cass, I'm sure as you know, as a business owner, you don't necessarily have the luxury to slack off sometimes. I know that when you work in an office, there's security with that because you essentially, you have your own responsibilities, but you share other responsibilities with the team. When you're a small business, it's just you essentially. You're responsible for yourself. And there's a lot of responsibilities to uphold and people to um, follow through for. How do you manage that workload essentially? So the way I kind of think of it is I kind of build my own little team, I guess you could say. So if I need help with photography, like it's just about leaning on people. So like if I need photos, I'll call my friend up and we'll go and take photos. Or if I need help with admin, my auntie will help me with admin if I need. So it's always asking for help, relying on others. Um, And I also kind of think of like my clients as my bosses, if that makes sense. So that kind of makes it easier for me to like just defining that relationship. It makes me treat them the way I would a boss. And so then I know I need to get these tasks done. I know what's expected of me. And I think just that kind of like respect level really helps me just deliver on what I say I'm going to. Yeah, the hardest part is the discipline, especially if there's a deadline that's out in the distance. If it's tight, if it's tight, if it's coming up, you're obviously going to work hard to get it done. But when it's like way in the distance, you're like, oh, I got this much time. I got this much time. And as time passes, that huge window gets very, very small to the point where we're leaving it to the last minute. (laughs) So that's definitely something that you have to prepare for. You need to discipline yourself, especially when you have a business and your name is on the title. Yes. And that's one of the main differences I feel like with school and having my own business or work is that it's not just a grade I get back, it's money. (laughs) So it's a little different. You have more stake in it when you know that there's like a reward on the other side, I guess you could say. So if I didn't follow through and I wasn't disciplined, I would have no money. So (laughs) like you have to, um, and you learn it, like you're not going to be perfect, like no one is, but as long as you're making steps to be disciplined, then that's all you can do. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to social media, I noticed that there's a lot of the same thing out there, it seems like. And oftentimes, when people are doing the same thing, it goes either one of two ways. Either it's it's a hit or it's not simple as that i think that to get the best value to get to a new level of success when it comes to social media you need to be inspired by people because that's what it is at the end of the day like you said it's collaboration where do we get our ideas from i mean if you're if you're brilliant sometimes they just come into your head but nine times out of ten we're being inspired by other people that's how it works and if it ain't broke don't fix it right if if that works for somebody why not 
follow in their footsteps. But is there something to be said about putting your own unique spin on something? How do you stand out amongst the crowd of the same people essentially that make the same type of content? Yeah, so this is, like you said, something I've been seeing a lot of, but I think the idea of trends where you kind of copy the same thing, it has a good idea, but I always say change at least one thing, like make it your own somehow because you're your own unique personality, you're your own unique point of view. Your audience is not the same as the person that just made the video before you, so you have to kind of adjust for that and make sure that it's it's what, it gives them value, right? Because like if your audience is, let's say, accountants, mine social media, and I, or you try to post a social media reel, they're going to be like, what the heck is this? I was looking for accounting, right? So you have to interpret it in your own spin, the trends is what I always say. So even if it's like a dance challenge, I try to like flip it and give social media advice. Like I always try to put my own curve on it so that it's different and valuable to my audience because I know my audience is going to be different than anyone else's on the platform. I guess it goes back to also being adaptive. Yes. That's the the name of the game actually is always, yeah, adapting with the times. Reacting is another big thing with social media is to get on the trends early. Um, But I think people even appreciate when you don't just copy someone else because people know those videos that go big, everyone's seen them. And then if you copy them, they're like, oh, I've seen this before, right? So you kind of, you need to make it unique somehow, even if it's just the text on the video. Yeah, it's it's like a comedian stealing someone else's jokes. You know, it's pretty yeah. obvious. <laughs> and then when you're watching it, you're like, well, this is a ripoff. I already heard these jokes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So Where have I heard it's that always before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, very interesting. And I know that people tend to get discouraged when they don't immediately see results on social media. And often people quit before they even get started. So is there something to be said about resilience and essentially outlasting everybody online? Yeah, 100%. So something I don't think a lot of people know, well, we're all into instant gratification, first of all. That's what social media is. You post it, you get likes hopefully right away. <laughs> that's how that's how it goes, right? That's what you kind of expect in that relationship. But the thing that you have to realize with with dealing with technology and robots and all that stuff is that even though you're over it, so like say for example, I had a reel that only had like 300 views and I was like, what the heck? Like that's t- that's garbage. That's awful. And then I got like discouraged. Like I still get discouraged to this day. And then this morning I looked at that 700. So there's There's a thing with the algorithm where it pushes out your videos even after you stop paying attention to it. So just because you're done looking at it doesn't mean that other people are done looking at it. Like I I had a, one of my, started with 2,000 views and now it's at 12,000. So like if you just leave it and come back to it and be patient, usually it does better than you think it will. Wow, that's cool. You can't delete. Don't delete anything. Mm. Because it might gain traction randomly and then it takes off. So you never know. I honestly never knew that. That's quite interesting. And now that you mentioned that, when I look back on some of my reels, I, I see some of it creeping up yeah. a little bit over time. It's kind of like a song, right? It-, it might not have been a hit when it came out, but like years down the road, people are listening to it like a cult phenomena. You know what I mean? Yeah, on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or like a movie, a movie that... Yeah 
bombed in the box office, but 10 years later, people love it. It's that's really cool. Yeah, that's how and like, I've, I've even noticed like, yes, going viral and stuff is great, but it's better to start slow and gain that following like slowly, I think, than it is to go viral. And then it's all of a sudden like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> like, what do they like? I don't even know because it's one video, right? Mm -hmm. So I always say like, be patient, your, your likes will start to roll in, just don't delete anything unless it doesn't obviously go with your brand, then you can delete it. But if it's something that just only got like, two likes and you're frustrated just walk away from it for a little bit and it should turn around very interesting so i guess your plan of execution needs to be consistent and if you're passionate and you stick to your guns eventually you're going to start seeing some level of success yes that's what i would say and like there is points even for me now where i'm like i'm not getting any followers what the heck am i doing wrong should i be doing this you know you get a lot of self-doubt but then you post another video and it gets like 50 likes and you're like, wow, this wasn't even my family that liked it. <laughs> this is amazing. And you can't even ballpark it, right? Like in terms of like the length it takes to build, because you just don't know. You just know eventually one day you'll wake up and, whoa, I got thousands of followers or something like that. It depends on your content. It depends on the platform. For example, on Instagram, I always find Instagram's a lot harder to grow on. It's a lot slower. Um, but on TikTok, for example, I've only been on TikTok for, with my professional account for two months and I have 950 followers. So like some accounts grow faster than others. It's just, it's just a, it's a game. You just have to hold on for the ride. I think YouTube in particular too, I'm just getting into the YouTube game. That's a slow burn as well. And I, I hear that from countless people who actually have more success now, but it took them a couple of years to get there. Yeah, it's all about fine tuning and pivoting your content to like make sure you're giving people what they want to see. It's not about what you want to post, it's about what they want you to post. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you believe in the strategy of in order to get followers, you have to follow people like to an extent though, like if they're real people and you're connecting to a community? I would say to an extent, yes. I would I I don't like personally, this is my own personal opinion. I don't like those accounts that follow like a hundred people, but they have like 96,000 followers. I'm like, why? What? Like, are you consuming content on social media? Like, are you engaging with your community? Like, do they feel valued? So I always like to follow people that are in my niche. So social media managers, I follow a lot of a to get inspiration and B because that's my community, right? So it, to an extent, I would say like follow people, make sure you still engage with them too after you follow them. You don't just follow and ghost. Um, but don't do follow unfollow because that never works. Yeah, engagement's really key, especially when you actually acquire a legitimate follower who, who's a real person, they engage with you. It's really important to reciprocate that because we're all trying, we're all striving for the same thing, at least a lot of us are not, I can't say everybody is. Everybody's got different reasons for using social media, but it's kind of like a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours sort of thing. You know, you need to, you need to maintain that, that friendship or relationship, just like you would in the business relationship. You got to keep those intact. Yeah. And it's important to be genuine about it too, to like genuinely care about someone else and genuinely care about helping because people can tell if you're being fake, like straight up people know. So if you're like genuinely like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for following me and asking a bit about them. Like there's nothing wrong with having a short conversation. It makes them feel valued. Like think of 
if you messaged or if you followed someone and they sent you a message back, how you would feel about it. And then that's what you can give to your own followers by doing the same thing. So when it comes to engagement for your own account, like likes and comments, how essential is that for your business's success? Oh, it's, that's how I've grown my Instagram account is basically all through engagement and a little bit with reach, but mainly me reaching out to people is how I've grown my own following. So, um, one of the things I like to do is to comment on people that have bigger accounts than I do and get in the comment section, reply to people's comments, get in the conversation. Cause then people can tell you're being, like I said, genuine, authentic about it. And it's not just like me trying to sell something. Cause I'm not, I'm trying to provide value. I'm not just trying to sell my services all the time. Right. So that's one thing I like to do. I like to reply to stories. I find that the easiest cause it's like the conversation's right there. Right. If someone posts a picture of your dog, what's your dog's name? And then, you know, you can go into that. So just like little things that you actually find interesting that you would probably talk about anyways, that's how you should think about your engagement. Yeah, it's communication, right? Starting a conversation or at least contributing to it. That's how people are going to essentially know who you are. If you don't say anything, no one's going to know you exist, at least from a online perspective. But you never want to go in with the hey girl DM. <laughs> don't <laughs> messages like that. Don't try to sell anything. Just try to make friends. That's all you're trying to do. It's social in social media. And that's so hard too, because even if you're actually genuine about it, there's still that sense of reluctance when you get a DM and you don't know if it's truly genuine, even though that person might actually be genuine and you're quick to discard it. I know I've deleted a lot of messages um, from people like that just because I know right off the top of, of my head that they're they're trying to sell something. And I mean, if you really are trying to sell something, I can appreciate that because we have businesses. We know what it's like to 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 crave the success, right? And you have to go to different lengths to achieve that, right? So you don't like saying no to people, but that's just the way the game works. And I would try to stay like out of those dm messages i would more try to comment on posts i would more try to get into like story dms i feel like are okay but people are reluctant like you said like there's been so many like mlm scams and just scams in general right now that when people get messages in their inbox they're like okay but why <laughs> why are you messaging me what is, what are you trying to do so it's kind of weird when someone's actually trying to be like i'm trying to be your friend they're like no you're not <laughs> So it's important to try to engage with people in other ways other than just messaging too. Very cool. Well, Cass, this has been a really eye-opening discussion so far. I'm, I'm kind of getting more context and insight to things about social media today that, that I honestly wasn't as aware of. And now that I am, it's, it's going to be nice to apply that moving forward. So I really appreciate that. You're, you're quite knowledgeable and, um, I know we've we've uh, crossed paths a couple of times at McEwen, but it's interesting to see it come full circle here. You got your business, I got my podcast, and it's just it's great to to have you on here. Um, yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. I want to ask you one last question here before we sign things off today. What advice would you give a small business who's looking to expand their online presence? Um, I would say don't overwhelm yourself. I know it's like easy to just dive right in and try to do everything at once and post every day and post five times a day and you're going to burn yourself out. Like that's just the reality of the game. I've done it personally. So that's how I know. So try to be realistic with your posting schedule. 
Uh, remember that your audience is the one that cares about you, not the algorithm. And to always just provide value and actually show that you care is my best advice. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate that, Cass. Um, obviously, there, we can't cover everything in one day. There's there's so many different avenues to social media and content creation and whatnot. So um, we'd love to have you back on again at some point. Um, I, I love your business and what you do and, and your theme and your, your personality with all your reels and stuff like that. You're very approachable. So um, congratulations on your business. I, I wish you all the success in the world. Have a great day. We will see you again next time. All my listeners out there, thank you for tuning in today to this episode. Hope you enjoyed Cast. I remind you too to, to give her a follow on Instagram. Her business is called Pop Social. She posts a lot of cool reels and uh, they'll get you hyped up. And uh, if you need to learn about social media, she's your gal. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. I'm your host, Zane Tomich. We'll see you again next time. Thank you so much.